I almost long for it. What? The bomb. It could put a lot of things right again. You and I. We don't belong in a world full of degenerate rock stars, hairdressers, bureaucrats. Sometimes I dream about it. Afterwards, starting over with my son in a purified world. In a world with all the scum burned off of it, with everything basic and simple. We're gonna go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter Death's waiting room, if you dare. Welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I wish a happy Jamba to all of you. Jamba juice. Jamba, Jamba dude. Ajusta dude. All right. So, uh, so yeah, welcome to Strange Highways. I hope you enjoyed our conversation about Private Channel. If you enjoyed Private Channel, well, you know, good for you. Um, you found joy in something that we did not, but I you're, hope the, you, you're that one. You're that one. Yeah. <laughs> you're the actor that played Keith. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> very proud of his, uh, his outing. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, welcome to the show. If you've listened to that, and you're listening to this, uh, welcome. It's been, this is the anthology based podcast where we mainly talk about the twilight zone. We caught, we've covered the original series already. Uh, we covered both seasons that are, um, that were on, uh, Paramount Plus, but then got yanked because sure, because taxes and I things. think there is some kind of way to access it through Prime now. I can't. I no, have it's to up there to rent individual episodes, but as it being part of the streaming service. Yeah, yeah. it's a little silly, uh, but yeah. I also, I also it was think like that, kind of a slap in the face to Jordan Peele. You know, I agree. And I also think that so, like these are starting to show up now on some of like the free streaming services. Like I think it's like on Tubi or like uh, like UTorrent has their own. Not UTorrent. That's that's where you go to get things for free. Wink, wink. I was going to mm-hmm. say uh, Plex. Uh, Plex, I think, has it too. Um, so it's out there. It just doesn't make any sense why it's not on Paramount Plus. It also doesn't make any sense why this 80s iteration isn't on Paramount Plus. I understand that maybe there'd only be two people watching it. It'd be you and I. But you know, it should be there. Uh, but yeah, we're in the Twilight Zone. We're in the t- the the second half. Actually, like the last third of season two. Uh, so we're quickly approaching the end of this season. Uh, we we did take a um, a week off, uh, unfortunately. Uh, and I say, unfortunately, because, well, like, well, one, we needed some time after private channel. Come on. We all needed a minute for that. Right. Um, but I just want to mention here, uh, just unexplained there our, our, our friend and brother, uh, Steve King, who was my co-host on Invasion of the podcast had been, um, diagnosed, uh, in, in the spring, uh, with, with uh, cancer. And we were all hoping against hope and the best, the best and things seemed to be okay. But then just cause cancer is, it is what, like, I try not to use the F bomb on here, but you know, you know what, let's do it the one time. Cancer's a fucker. And it, it came in quick and hit him hard and he was gone so fast. And we, 
we had to say goodbye to him and uh, yeah, we took a week a off hard fought yeah. battle um yeah uh, he and his wife uh really really were trying to hammer it out and like see what they could do and you know there was some good news on some on some weeks and there was some bad news on other weeks and unfortunately um yeah it just it got too aggressive at the when, end when it got when it hit when it hit fast it hit really fast and so i just mentioned this because well one you know it, it sucks to lose people that you care about and i and i i'm not doing this trying to land on like woe was us i just want people you know recording these podcasts for the the five people that listen out there and two of them are us we appreciate you guys listening um, this is our opportunity to engage and escape and enjoy. Right. And, um, that was, you know, like he and I, and, and Terry and, and he, like, you know, everybody knew Steve loved him. Uh, it's just that, you know, there was a time where, you know, he had to, to move a little further away so we couldn't meet in person, but then also the pandemic happened. So we had to, we had to start recording remotely like Terry and I do now just because, well, you get kind of used to it, right, dude? Like I understand it's like, oh, I can only walk three feet as opposed to driving someone's house and record. You, you get kind of used to the convenience. I get it. However, that was our way to stay connected. And we were able to record our conversations and our laughs and our good times. And people were able to listen and engage. And I'm just telling people like, you never know when things are going to end, which everybody always says that when they lose somebody. I get that. But it's like just, I am thankful that um that we had the opportunity to to do as much as we did i wish we could do it forever more but it's still out there out there in the ether if people want to listen and just check it out and get to know the know our friend go check it out it's fine. i'm not i'm not trying to plug the show it's done invasion's over now but he's out there for people to find him and that is <laughs> that that's not a given for a lot of people right yeah. And yeah, it, it, that is, that is one of the fortunate things about, um, him doing the podcasting that he did with you is just, he was such a wonderful person, such an, uh, an intelligent guy and had so many different interests that just, I mean, like there's, he could have had a conversation with anybody and he, you would have been still fascinated by how much knowledge he had of that stuff. And he, you know, he was, a he was just such an intellectual person too. I, I, the thing that was just Bottom line, the the best thing about the podcast is that you're able, you listener who may have never been fortunate enough to meet our friend Steve, listen to those podcasts, listen to those discussions, and you're going to find out who he was and how much this world is going to miss him. Yeah. So anyway, gone way too soon. Uh, we'll miss him. Uh, and I just want to let people know, like, just, you know, like, you and this is me trying. This is the funny part that's been killing me about all this. Um, is that he was the writer and I'm the guy just babbled into a microphone. So, uh, you know, he was the rapper, I'm the DJ. Um, I, just, I don't know why that, like, you know, the, 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 you know, the poet laureate, Will Will Smith said that, you know, so, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just, I don't know, like, it, it just if if you think that you. Um, you get stuck in your life day to day, working your job and everything. And it's like, and, and everybody's, you know, shit's hard for everybody. I get that. And you don't, you know, you always think, well, I, I'll get to that. Or I, maybe I won't make, you know, maybe I'm at a point where I'll never make any new relationships. Just take a step back and realize that like you, you owe yourself more than that. And you know, it's okay to make, make friends as an adult. Like you don't have to be like, I guess that, I guess I'm stuck at Polk high with four touchdowns in one game. 
you know, whatever. So that's all I'm saying is like, I, I only, I've only knew Steve for what, like six years, something like that, maybe at, at most. And you know, one of my best friends. So yeah. everybody just take that chance. Lasting uh, you, impression. You, you never know. Leave. Yeah. Anyway. So, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, great guy. Uh, I'll also mention um, during this is the part. This is the the last little funny thing I'll say, and then we'll move into the episode. Is that the service that uh, Terry and I went to? There was a memorial video that was showing all these photos of all the things he did, and a lot of them I'm sure he wouldn't appreciate being up there, especially some of the mullet stuff. Um, <laughs> was that the very end at the at the beginning? They showed you know the Superman logo and his name. He loves Superman, and you know a date of birth, date of death, like you know, and then and at the end, at the very end of the the, the package, which was like 20 minutes long. It would it showed his name and the you know birth and death again, but the the last thing you saw was Harrison Ford from Indiana Jones, so it was a very confusing image, and <laughs> I was tickled by it, and I knew he'd find that funny. So anyway, that's I just want to mention that because it's like wait a second, that's not that's not Steve, that's Indy. <laughs> Did you notice that when we were there? Yeah, I, okay, good. I, I thought it was uh, you know a, an, an unusual choice. I'll just say that. <laughs> 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 it's like, no, we lost him too. No, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so let's just move on. Uh, so uh, there's no good way to let here. What, what we got here? Um, here, here, here's the good, here's a good segue. Well, maybe it takes longer according to how big it is. Well, this is a big one. All right. Yeah. Downright. It's big. There we go. So, well, um, it's a big one. It's a big one. Uh, so this is a season two, episode 11, shelter skelter, uh, day and date. We already talked about that two episodes ago because this was the last, programmed hour long episode of the series. And this was supposed to be the middle segment, yeah. but, but the way it's, like it's a, broken up on the DVD, it's like treated as a separate thing. Yeah. For, yeah. For broadcast, for syndication, this was split out as its own thing. So think about that though. We'll get to the, at this at the end. If you remind me, we had uh Joyride, shelter skelter, and that would have been private channel. Think about like how, how angry of an hour of television do you think you'd had with, I mean, this, this segment's decent, but man, my God, that would have been, something but yeah <laughs> so anyway i don't know yeah it, well we'll get I into mean, it yeah private channel i that gives you the opportunity to just get off or get up out of your seat and then just walk outside and just keep on walking <laughs> are, you, are you saying um like you're you're gonna pull like the crow or you're just gonna walk into the ocean and be done with it after everything <laughs> yeah. Like this is not my house anymore. I'm out of here. It's like ghosting your house instead of <laughs> ghosting your house. Off the instead of instead of like your house being haunted by a ghost, you just leave your house and your house is like, what happened? No, That's you know, funny. like you could say like you're gonna ghost yeah. your car off of a cliff. That's like yeah. you just like I'm just gonna let the TV keep on going. I'm gonna walk out the door and never come back. <laughs> it's like what was left? It was just the DVD menu of the Twilight Zone, and then all we saw was like just just. A bunch of series of footsteps into Lake Erie. Yeah, and that Terry was it. walked into the lake and yeah, was never it. seen again. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's get into who did what here. Okay, so we got a kind of a longer cast again here, but um yeah, so our our director on this is uh Martha Coolidge. Um this is the last of three segments that she had done for the eighties Twilight Zone series. Um so the first was Night of the Meek, um the you know the redo, I guess you would say the 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 redone version of it, and then she did the the segment quarantine as well, which you know wasn't bad. There were some good ideas there, so I mean it's also good seeing, uh, you know, female directors, right? And so I would yeah. say that, um, you know, some of the people that we're going to talk about 
through the course of this uh, season and series have had more misses than hits. And I'd consider all three of these like solid hits. You know, I know you like Night of the Meek a great deal. Uh, and Quarantine was okay. It wasn't like a fell on its keys. And this one's actually pretty interesting too. So, you know, good on her. Yeah. So then our writing credits, uh, we got two different writers on this. Um, the story and partial um, teleplay credits go to Ron Cobb. Um, so Paul has a little bit more notes, but uh, in many ways he worked in and around film. Um, so he, he worked on in like the uh, illustration part of it. Like he would do uh, different like logos and such for films. But some of those films that he had participated in were um, uh, Alien, Aliens, A New Hope, Conan the Barbarian, amongst a lot of other films. But he just like he just had a knack for like, hey, where do you need me? And he would do something because he has credits in like all these different movies. But it's not like not so much in the director part, not so much in like um, the writing part, but all these other jobs. Yeah, he ended up like crafting a lot of like. So you 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 kind of gave like the um, the short version of this. So let me let me get into it real quick. Your everything you're saying is correct, um, but I have a little bit more here. Wikipedia is your friend. Uh, by age eighteen, with no formal training in graphic illustration, Cobb was working as an animation in betweener. They put that in quotes. Artist for Disney Studios in Burbank, California. He progressed to becoming a breakdown artist on the animation feature Sleeping Beauty. So an in betweener would be like one of the guys like like they would have like the main action and he would be the one helping with doing the actual in-between cells, right? The animation of that. Um, mm. but so he was uh, worked on Sleeping Beauty in 59. That was the last Disney film to have cells inked by hand. So he got in on like, you know, right at the end of that original way of doing things. Uh, Cobb returned to cinema uh, work when he worked with uh, Dan O'Bannon to design the spaceship from Dark Star. He drew the original design of the exterior of the ship on a pancake house napkin. I think that's funny. I want to also say the pancake house, pancake house napkin probably cost more than the budget of Dark Star. Anyway, um, after <laughs> com- uh, contributing set designs for uh, Alejandro Hodorowski's uncompleted film adaptation of Frank Herbert's uh, Dune, he was engaged uh, by Lucasfilm to produce conceptual artwork for the space fantasy film Star Wars, working alongside artists John Molo and Ralph McQuarrie. He created the designs for a number of exotic alien creatures for the Moss Eisley cantina scene, um, uh, credited with designing the hammerhead creature in Star Wars. Uh, and here's something that you'll appreciate. This is kind of, well, he actually did production work for uh, Last Starfighter, Leviathan, Total Recall, um, and then he actually contributed to the initial story for a film called Night Skies, uh, which was an earlier, darker version of E.T. that Spielberg hmm. offered him the opportunity to direct the scarier sequel. It was supposed to be like the horror sequel to Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, and it, you guys can go find that information. It's actually interesting what they're going to do. But then whenever he was overseas working on uh, Conan the Barbarian, uh, Spielberg supervised a rewrite of the script and made it more personal. And in E.T. ended up directing, you know, he ended up directing himself. So, he was going to be the director of the scary ET. And then Spielberg was like, I'm going to make the, like the nice ET and it's going to make a billion dollars and it's going to bury the thing. So goddamn you ET. I'm kidding. Uh, so, uh, Cobb later received some net profit participation for, um, Conan the barbarian, which you mentioned, cause he designed two of the main swords in that the father's sword and, and the Atlantean sword, which look up those swords in Conan the barbarian. They're badass, And they're still being used in production. Like, you know, whenever they sell, like merchandising for that film, those swords are known. So he, (laughs) yeah, the dude, like they're like this guy, one of the things that 
I always said about the other show that I did was that we always wanted to make sure to celebrate those that are responsible for the things that you love. And, and there's always like, there, you keep going further and further down the rabbit hole and you're going to find so many people that are responsible for things that you didn't even realize that you do love. But it's like, like Ralph McQuarrie was one of the people I mentioned. He was so instrumental in like the, the, the space ship designs of star Wars that like, you know, like Lucas is the mastermind, right? But so many right. talented people came forward to make that vision work. And the cantina scene is one of the most like aped and copied scenes, right? And like whenever you want to do anything, like, oh, we're going to do a cantina and sometimes scene. spoofed. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like all the time. You know, so, um, yeah, so it's like one of those things where this guy has done a lot of stuff. But it wasn't just like writing. And it's like this guy had like multitudes. It's like he's almost like the Dosecki's most interesting guy in the world, you know? So, which makes me feel bad because the other writing credit is Robin Love, who was his wife. And that's all I know about her. Yeah. <laughs> I- <laughs> oh. So, yeah, that there we go. That's what we have for the writers and the director. Yeah, so then uh, we'll uh, get into our next writer credit. Um, somebody else who would work on the, the teleplay with Ron Cobb is uh, Robin Love. That's what I mentioned. Um, that was the wife, and that's all I have. Oh, for I'm her. sorry. Yeah. Don't derp, derp. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, so I was trying to read more because I, I did see that Ron uh, was in um, Vietnam as well. So, yeah. So, yeah, very interesting guy. But, yeah, next year we'll get into our cast. And uh, Joe Magton. I always forget, forget how to pronounce it's Mantegna. Mantegna. Okay. Yeah. So he, he plays Harry Dobbs in this. He was, a he, he's most, I think most no, known now for being nearly 300 episodes of criminal minds. Uh, but he was also in airheads. And I think the thing I know him best from is the uh, film adaptation of thinner. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to, I'm going to ask you a question. I know you're a big, uh, like original series law and order guy and you can watch this stuff like on a loop. Are you offended like Criminal Minds exists as a show? We are like, you know what? You guys can just be making more Law and Order. Please and thank you. I Well, I mean, I don't know if there needs to be more Law and Order. There's a lot of Law and Order. <laughs> There's that like five different adaptations of Law and Order that came out in, ge- in general. Uh, I might be even wrong on that. There might, even, there might even be more than that. But it's like, and how many episodes there are of each series? Like, good Lord. I don't know if they can handle anymore. That's true. Uh, so, um I do also mention he was in the three amigos and the money pit, but also what I know him from is fat Tony in the Simpsons. Like that's him. He's always the gangster guy in that. Right. Which uh, I don't think you're a big Simpsons guy, but like he's been in that series forever too. So uh, I do want to read this bit that you'll appreciate. And this is for all that we're recording this right before the Super Bowl. So, they, they, you know, get it. if you got you football heads that listen to this show, the sports nuts that listen to strange highways, Mantegna spoofed himself when he hosted the Saturday Night Live uh, in 1991 season in which he calmly began his monologue by saying he did not wish to be typecast for his gangster roles. A disappointed little boy and his father uh, stamped to leave as they mistakenly believed that the host would be Joe Montana, the football player, uh, <laughs> due to the similar names. Uh, Montana then began uh, speaking in a low, controlled voice to the little boy, telling him it was best to stay in the audience and respect his performance. He warned the boy that if he, Montana, made a call, then Montana would not play in the next game. An implication that Montana's true personality equaled his gangster roles. <laughs> that's, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I like that. <laughs> So, yeah, no, like he's one of those, like one of those guys, like, you know, you, 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 like he's very, I wouldn't call him a character actor, but maybe 
very recognizable, very distinct voice. It, it, like, um, do I think maybe he was the best choice for this role? No, but I was glad to see him. Yeah, that, that's that's a good point. Um, but yeah, so we have uh, Joan Allen play uh, is next here. She plays uh, Harry's wife of Sally. Uh, she was in Manhunter, um, the original adaptation of uh, Red Dragon, and she was also in Face Off. And three of the Jason Bourne films. So. Yeah, no, she like she's awesome. Uh, and also, she was. Uh, did you ever see the the um, the update of Death Race? The yes, it? I I never saw the original, which is I I know it's a big shame on me, but eh. I did like the Jason Statham film. Yeah. I, you got to be watch the first one just because it's so goofy and campy. And I'm not saying I'm the biggest Paul Anderson. Uh, is it Paul W. S. Anderson? I know the one. The one's the famous Oscar director. The other one did Event Horizon. Um, I'm not always the biggest fan of his work. I'll say most of it's garbage. Event Horizon is one of my favorite films. Death Race is actually pretty good for what it is. Um, there is an amazing practical stunt that they do involving a semi in that that is crazy. And Joan Allen being the warden and just being like the villain, she's so good at it. She just chews the scenery. Yeah, I I do like that film. It's it's. It's a lot of fun, and especially you know, uh, loving the video game Twisted Metal back when I was a kid. Um, I was just like, this is like very, very close to the plot line. Like, yeah, no, they like yeah. you could tell that like you know, Death Race came out, and then Twisted Metal came out, and then when they did the update, they're like, you know what? Let's just let's just take from Twisted Metal as well. So no, it, like no, she's great. Um, yeah, like um, anyway, it just it's like you know, she's three time Academy Award nominee. Uh, so you know, definitely um, you know really good dramatic performer. Again, I, I think she's fine here. She's given nothing to do, but yeah, whatever. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. But uh, next year we have uh, John Grease. I think it would be. Pronounced. Yes. Or, okay. So yeah, he plays Nick Gatlin. Um, this is uh, this basically it's Harry's buddy. His really good friend from high school. Uh, he was in terror vision, but the two uh, credits that I knew him from, he was in monster squad as the guy who turns into a werewolf and he was in fright night too, which he's a guy who kind of turns into a werewolf. So <laughs> do you think so he like, was like, I'm getting typecast, you know, he's like, I might be losing my hair, but can I be a really furry animal? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and he was also, I'm, I'm sorry. Did you mention uncle Rico and Napoleon dynamite? My apologies. Uh, no, because I won't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fine. I, I do. <laughs> uncle Rico's so great. It's the bit where he's like, I bet you I could throw a football over the mountains. Like, he just <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah. So yes, it's the next here. We have, uh, Adam. Uh, well, moving on. Let's go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he was Adam. also, he was also in real genius, which was directed by, um, our director. Uh, Cause we've talked about that connection before. Cause she would cast people from, um, Martha Coleridge, um, had yeah. other people from real genius in her TV stuff. Yep. So, uh, yeah, next is Adam Ramber, Ramber, Raber. Yeah, I guess uh, Raber. I don't know. Rape. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, plays Jason. Uh, he is the son of the Dobbs. Um, he, this is his only credit. So, and then we have next uh, Danica McKellar. Uh, so she plays uh, who is that? Deidre. Deidre. I she like that you the, didn't trip over Danica because I'm going to guess you had a crush on Winnie Cooper at one point. I did. Like, yes, <laughs> I, I did. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was around the same age group area era of like when I was watching the show, like the reruns at the very least. 
So I'm like, oh yeah, she's cute. You just had um, what a man loves a woman she, she on repeat. She, she, she didn't turn out too bad when she got older too. Actually, <laughs> but <I'm, laughs> I mean, she got to, she got into all that math stuff. Which I mean, come on, calm down. No, I'm kidding. I'm absolutely kidding. No, she was a big uh, proponent of like you know education and like making sure that like girls are like you know what you can you can do this stuff too. Don't let anybody tell you that. Like like she yeah. is yeah. And we we kind of we talked about her previously because she was in her Pilgrim Soul. Yeah, so. but I'd rather talk about her here than that because it could meaning I don't want to talk about her <laughs> pilgrim soul. Yeah, well, on. fair enough. Uh, but yeah, she was the daughter of the Dobbs, so I didn't mention that. But next we have Lauren um, Le- Levinson. Levinson, mm-hmm. all right, that plays Wendy. Uh, one other episode of Twilight Zone that we covered, uh, Healer. So here we go again. Um, then we have uh, Diana Lewis. She plays the reporter in this. She was also in Monster Squad, and she was in Rocky. Yeah. Um, so here, let me get, let me like cut you off here. So 13 credits, like on terms of INDB, 11 of them being reporter or newscaster, right? And you're like, Oh, okay. Well, that's weird. Mm, she spent 35 years at WXYZ TV channel seven in Detroit as an anchor woman. So there you go. Like I was like, okay, like, Oh, uh, you know, you're getting, you're getting cast for what you know. So good. Yeah. I knew I recognized her too. And I was like, Oh yeah, she wasn't Rocky. She was the one that was in the cooler with him. <laughs> kept on telling um, the brother to get the hell out of there. <laughs> so, um, but next we have a uh, Tamara Taylor. She was a newscaster in this. She was in Life Stinks, uh, the Mel Brooks film. Uh, she, then we got on uh, our last credit here is uh, Jeff Witcher. He plays the announcer in this uh, one other Twilight Zone episode, A Saucer of Loneliness that we covered more recently. And the less we talk about that, whatever. Anyway, so yes. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to guess that when we do our season two recap, there's going to be, I know we normally do like, uh, like bottom ones, top ones and middling ones. I don't know if we're going to do like top five sigh inducing, uh, episodes. Uh, that might be, it's, a, it's our show, buddy. We could make it we <laughs> there's only like, there's only like what, like, um, so many segments to choose from. It's like, like with Steph a twist rating, you know what, if, if I could ret- retro- retroactively go back for the season, instead of a twist rating, I'd give it a sigh rating one through five. Yeah. How many, how many cigarettes do you want to smoke after watching? <laughs> just, how many, how many, how many bodies of water do you just want to go and walk into after <laughs> all of them, <laughs> all, five, all five great lakes. Um, um, all right. Yeah. Let's just get into this. Uh, 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 shelter Skelter. Leave us off. Here. Yeah. So we meet the Dobbs. Uh, they're preparing for a trip or at least, uh, the wife is here. Uh, what's her name? What's good. Right here. Sally. Yeah. So the, the only way I remember that was cause his name's Harry and her name is Sally. And it's yeah, like, yeah. And because of like the movie that <laughs> come out later, it was like, I, it, once I got that in my head, it clicked and it's super dumb, but continue. Yes. Yeah. So, we get Sally getting uh, the car packed up. Uh, she's going to go visit her sister. So, you know, her daughter's already set to go, but now she's got to go track down her son. And um, she uses this intercom system to uh, reach out to her husband because he's downstairs and, you know, they use this intercom system. And you can hear gunfire through the intercom. And it's like, uh, oh, well, this is getting weird already. Um, and she's trying to tell her husband that they got to get their son ready to go for the, the trip as well. And he says, oh, you know, come on down. He'll, he'll be ready. But go ahead and bring me a can of beer, too. We're almost done here. So she she grabs the beer um, after scolding him for only drinking, I don't 
two. I could, <laughs> if that's a problem, dude, then we got some real problems. Well, if you adjust uh, for if you adjust for inflation from like was eighty seven to now, that's probably like three hundred beers. I'm kidding. It, I don't know what that means, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the inflation rate. Yeah. Um, but like, so now she goes downstairs, and we find out that the real secret about this basement is um. It's, it's a bomb shelter. It's we, not we even it so she goes through the basement and then she goes like you almost expect a series of like get smart doors. Like, yeah. you know, like that's <laughs> like you almost expect that. But she goes from the basement to like the sub basement to like the sub sub basement. Right. And um, yeah, dude is um like he like the term man cave does not cover what this is. It is. Yeah, it's impressive. I'll say like, I, you know, what the thought that went into the storytelling and the production design for this pretty, pretty good. You know, I'll give it yeah. that. Yeah, so we basically find out that her, her Harry, her husband Harry, is uh, somewhat of a doomsday prepper here, and he has built this shelter in the basement area. Well, basement, basement, like you said. And feel, he's teaching I, his son to fire a a fairly large gun into a makeshift um, like firing range tunnel that he made into the like you know because that's important too. Because while you're down in there in the <laughs> in the bomb shelter, you want to be able to make sure your target practice is spot you, you on. You want to make sure that you're in an area that if a loose bullet fires, it has nowhere else to go but around over and over again. You know, like, uh, but yeah, when you say doomsday prepper, which is the right way to say that, I think there even be people, some people today, they'd be like, whoa, 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 we don't know that guy. You know, I think there's a li- <laughs> like a little bit of that, which is saying a lot considering the climate we are in this uh, in 2024. But yeah, he's um, yeah, it, it is impressive. You know, the only thing that this dude is missing is the kill them all and let God sort them out shirt. Like, oh no, you missed it. Did you? You didn't see the shirt he was wearing. I it, don't know what what that it was. Said something, was like, it said something about peace through something, and it had an AR-15 on it. Oh well, that's just as good. Yep. Um, uh, I'm I'm actually surprised in the region that they're in in this country, because uh, I mean it does take place in the United States, but not quite where you would think. Because <laughs> uh, they're in like they're near Kansas or something like near that, Kansas they, City, so they're you know and they're in the Midwest, right? Yeah. So, um, very red area, I'd probably guess even then. So yeah, uh, so yeah, I, I wrote my notes here because whenever um, uh, Sally's trying to get their son to get ready, uh, we had uh, Winnie Cooper. We only see her like twice in this. Sorry, three times. Uh, she's like, what? what? She's like, what? Da- what does Daddy do down there? And she's like, I don't, you know, don't worry yourself about it right now. So I wrote in my notes, the Gunder Years. That would be the name of the show. Um, with uh, you know, anyway. So um, we also get the notion that like Sally, she wants to go visit her sister because she misses her. Yeah, but also you could tell that like Harry's getting more and more um, self radicalized is what it is, right? Like he's believing he's like, he's he, he just, he's believing more and more of this, that what, like the, that the, the world is going to end and need to be ready. And that the, the efforts that he went into making the shelter, um, is like, that's the secret that like no one can know about. So he's, he is paranoid that she's going to tell her sister about it. And like, it's this thing where it's like, he could tell that like, um, you know, maybe at one point they, they were on the same page as a couple. They're not, they're not there now. You know, so, and he is, you know, just paranoid, but then also like after they go back upstairs for a second, uh, and they're in the, getting in the car, right. To say goodbye, man, he, Joe Montana has like the, like the, the two, like two of the three biggest dick things that happen in this episode is one, uh, he's talking to, to, um, Sally. And then she's like, he was like, Oh, is Nick coming over? He's like, yeah, a little later or whatever. 
And then, um, what was it? The, the daughter says, goodbye, daddy. And she's like, what he's, what he write back? He wrote, he, sorry. He said, yeah, you son of a bitch. Your daughter's saying goodbye to you. And you say, yeah. And then you lean into the car and you tell your son that don't get bullied by your cousin. Pretty cool. I was, I was a little confused. I, were they a blended family or cause it seemed like he was only concerned about his son. No, like, they were blended. No, he only cares about his son. Like that's the, okay. that, you know, that's the thing. Like that's cause that, that there's a statement later that it's like, Holy shit. You don't care about anybody. You know, like it's just, it is, you know? Yeah. Uh, it, just the way that he was talking. It's like my son, this, my son, that. And it's like, is the other child like her daughter? I could, I couldn't really like, I mean, I, I thought maybe he was talking, to, you know, in that kind of format because he was only concerned about the son because he knows that the son is like, you know, he's going to be the he's the prince, you know. No, I just this. think that and he believes in his vision of, you know, society crumbling, that it's up to the men. That's my thought process. Um, or maybe that she's a ghost girl and it's, it's like a reverse sixth sense. I don't know. <laughs> it could be that, too. Right. Um, anyway, so, so then they leave to go to Kansas city. Nick comes over with some papers, uh, Nick. They, so we find out their relationship is that Nick works for Harry's gun store. Surpri- Wait, by the way, it's like, how are you a successful gun owner? Like, sorry, gun seller. When it looks like when we get back down to the shelter that you own every gun, like, is your store just empty? Cause you like just keep buying you, everything. One for me, one for you, one two for, for me. me, one for you, three for me, you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, he works for him. They've known each other like since high school. They used to go, they used to go hunting together, but not so much now and whatever. So then, um, they're talking for a minute and I like, I also like that Harry's like, yeah, Hey, you know, it was like, Hey Nick, he's like, I was about to make some dinner. I could pop a second one in the microwave for you. I'm like, that's not, I mean, tech. Okay. Technically that is dinner. I, I myself am 95. That is sustenance. I'm yeah. 95% preservatives. I get it. But it's not like, Hey, you want to come over for dinner? You got your choices, you know? This hungry man or this hungry man, you know, whatever. Just anyway, like, <laughs> you get the one with the apple filling, or you get the one with, with the, the brownie. brownie. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but just kidding. I get the brownie. You're gonna eat that apple because that's what weaklings eat. You know, whatever. <laughs> you, you eat those sepals and deal with it. So, um, right. So, but they're they're, they're talking about like you can tell that there, there's some discourse about like what's going on and like the current like political climate. Uh, and then Nick's like, are you, "Have you heard about this?" Like, and they, 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 the, so the news is being, you know. It's in the background. I didn't follow all of it. You can just tell that tensions are rising up around the world. But also there was some activity being announced at the local um, like Air Force Base. You know, So they mentioned that for a second. And that's whenever we get uh, Harry kind of giving him the whole thing about like, you know, I just wish, like I play at the beginning. He's like, I sometimes wish for the bomb to drop. So, so you understand that like, we understand as an audience that, as much as he's like saying he's trying to protect his family, this is a power fantasy for him. He oh, thinks yeah. he has it all I, figured out. And there, I mean, I, I can't believe, I can't really even tell you how many times I've gotten into conversations with people because of the craze of like, you know, zombie films and zombie shows and that this people are so juiced on zombie, uh, zombie survival scenarios. I mean, if they even had the book, the zombie survival guide, and people are like, yeah, what would you do? This is exactly what I do. And they're like, I'd love to see it go down. I'm like, no, you wouldn't. <laughs> no, I know, you wouldn't. I know what like, I would do. Die quickly because I can't yeah. run to save my life. Um, I haven't worked on my cardio in years. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's probably fall down, trip over my own feet, die. So, I, <laughs> I always joke about how I hope for the robot apocalypse because at least when that happens, I'll see like the coolest 30 seconds of my life. 
right? That's what I'm hoping for, just seeing like all these badass robots, you know, like. And then you're going to be like, and I was right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I it's like, called it. I mean, it, okay, so is it better to be like one, somebody that, that that dies at the beginning of this or someone that either gets to the mid or the end? I don't know. Like if it's all going to go downhill from that point, I kind of, not that, not that I'm saying I don't want to be around, but I think it's better to go whenever I had all the conveniences of the internet, video games and cat videos. Right. Um, and I'll, you know, also, sorry, friends and family. Uh, the, yeah. I was going to say all the good <laughs> things in life at the top of that list. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I just, I, mean, I think, I'd, I think I'd rather just go away in the world that I know than try to live in the one that I don't know about. Because, um, I realized that like, as much as I think I could survive, uh, I can't tell you like being, you know, I'm 45 and of course, clearly I lived a good life. I take so many pills in the morning just to keep me alive and going. The mm-hmm. moment any of them go away, I'm just going to, I'm just going to become a puddle of goo, let alone the idea of trying to survive any of this, you know? So yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> the interesting, the interesting thing that I would love to have known about Harry's character at this point is that if he had actually served or if he had any military training oh, whatsoever, that would have been because interesting. I just like, I just want yeah. that would paint his character in such a different way, you know? Yeah. So, um, years ago, I don't know if I've ever told you this story. I, I don't think I've ever said it during the podcast. when I first moved to the Cleveland area, there's a. Uh, there's a, a local co- uh, coffee shop that you and I both know. It's a 24 hour coffee shop. And I was just minding my own business there. And I was just reading a book, just trying to just, like mind, like whatever. And there was these two guys be, like in the, the back of the coffee shop and they were talking. And one of them mentioned to the other one about how they walked into like some one of these new age shops and that someone was handling like a crystal. But when that person walked in, the crystal broke, like, part of it broke. And they're like, this was meant for you. And like, whatever. And it's just like, I'm just like, what the hell is going on? I'm just trying to read my book. And then as they're talking back and forth, back and forth, I literally heard one of them say, if the world was like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, we would totally rule it. <laughs> That is that is a very specific scenario. Um, <laughs> but I was just like, it's one of those things. Like I'm just I'm trying to read my book, and it's like, and I'm drinking a coffee. So I'm sure if they would have like saw this person like like nearby, just like snort into their coffee and blow up all the coffee all over the book, they'd be like, <laughs> oh, that's completely unrelated. So I was I was doing my damnedest to just keep straight straight faced, but keep listening. Cause this was fascinating. So anyway, yeah. So if the world was like Buffy, the vampire slayer, we would totally rule it. Um, said Josh Whedon, not knowing, you know what would happen to him. Anyway, I'm kidding. Uh, oh but yeah, God. just, yeah. I, but you talk about like, we'll just get into it right now uh, about these people that talk about these scenarios. Like I would do this and this and this. It's like, sure. Like, um, like I think, I think there's a certain amount of like being a grown up and trying to be responsible. Like, like we recently bought like a small, um, like not, not, it's not a generator, but it's a power source that can like keep, um, like we could charge a couple of things, you know, nothing crazy. Right. But like, just in case the power goes out for a bit, right. Fine. Have I thought about getting like a bigger generator just because, you know, you never know. Like I, I, not that my house is going to be like this fortress. Right. But it would be nice to keep, you know, things running if something happens for a bit. Cause like, you know, power goes out sometimes, you know, you can't control that. Right. Um, yeah, like I think there's a certain amount of that. I think it's a certain amount of like, keep your, keep your cupboard full. Like, you know, you, cause especially we live in an area too, where, you know, you could get like a few, like a few feet of snow. So like, and who knows if you have to be home for a bit. Fair enough. I'm all about that. Learning how to can your own vegetables, which I do not know how to do or fruits. 
Good idea. Save some money. Learn how to like, you know, have some sustainability. I'm all about that. What frustrates me is where people will do this. And like you and, and Terry, I think you've may have seen some of this. I know I traffic more and a lot of more the political commentary and discourse socially and the way I engage. And I'm not going to get into that with people here. I, I think if people listen to us at any, any, any amount of time, they know how I feel about things. Right. With that being said, there's a lot of people that will listen to certain outlets and certain people that all they do is traffic in fear of what's going to happen in the collapse of things. And then they cut to an ad where they're going to sell you a bucket of like, you know, bone broth or bone meal or like pre like whatever, like they they're, they're getting you wound up then just to sell you garbage, you know, like, and that's, that's Harry. If Harry would have existed in 2024, um, like he is like, he is crazy here. Um, he, he's not as crazy as some now. Right. And it's just, it is, you'd almost watch this then and be like, oh, well, that's one or two people. But if Harry had the internet, we have no idea how bad this would have gotten. That's, that's a fair statement because I mean, I, I think, yeah, I, I, I align with you that there is a reason to be prepared for certain stuff in that, but then to, you know, fear monger basically like that's essentially what, uh, Harry's doing right now with his buddy, Nick. Mm-hmm. Like maybe even at one point, Nick was just like, you know, that Harry guy, he's, he's a good dude. Maybe he's the smartest guy I know. And then it's like, all of a sudden it's like, now he's just like, he's roped into everything that Harry believes. And maybe, you know, some of his idea, Harry's ideologies are rubbing off on Nick. That seems like the kind of guy that Harry is. And Sally didn't fall for it. You or know? she, or, or she was probably, I mean, we get the idea that they were like, cause even at one point, eventually, at some point in the episode, where Harry admits, like, "Yeah, it's like she used to be with me, but now she's not." I'm, I want to guess that, like, before he completely got where he is, they probably did have some mistrust of certain things, and there was a certain amount of like, "Well, let's protect our own." Like, that, and those aren't inherently bad tendencies or notions, right? It's just that you know, when you, I don't know, when you actively choose the ecosystem of information that you want to live in and then be like, how do I want to phrase this? I, and I'm not, I'm not a smart man clearly. Uh, but what I'm it just, um, you know, you then cut yourself off from other perspectives or other life experiences that you may not, you may not have the full picture. And I, and I'm not trying to say this is a 50, 50 proposition. Cause there's some, there's some positions that people have in some ways they exist in terms of, like their ideologies, I completely disagree with. And no amount of information is going to change my thought process on that. However, there might be things that I was never made aware of that I need to consider in the way I view the world that I don't want to cut myself off from it. You know? So, um, and with, with people like this, where it's like, like when he says, I almost hope the bomb drops. It's like, what he's saying is that like, I is like, you know what? I have no hope for anything. I'm hoping this happens. Cause then I'll be right. And I could be smug as shit about it. Yeah, I hope the diplomacy fails and I get to get called into action. Sorry, yeah. use the F word, but he, yeah. but it was muddled. Yeah, but <laughs> but yeah, he gets he you know like it's his time to shine. Like yes, call me in, coach. You know, like 
and he's going to be able to be like he was, he was I, mad. I can at, be yeah. I could be a part of the new world. He was mad at the end of War Games whenever Whopper actually calmed down. You know, like you know, whenever whenever uh, Matthew Broderick actually you know told that thing to not fire the missiles, he was pissed that that didn't become a documentary. So anyway, yeah. Anyway, that rant over. I apologize for everybody that may might be not offended. I mean, everybody has their own beliefs and opinions, and that's fair. It's just. I do get tired where people just silo themselves up and like in their own worldview and will not consider any other possibilities. That's frustrating to me. So, yeah. And it, it, it seems that's again, that's where Harry is. And, uh, he's pretty proud of it. Honestly, he doesn't seem that, you know, he's going to be all too happy about the people that are, you know, apparently filling up this world. Now the world that he doesn't enjoy anymore. Hairdressers. Yeah. Like what? For somebody who has a problem with hairdressers, um, he seems to be pretty uh, uh, in tune with his own hairstyles throughout. That's true. <laughs> the, the way they show time passing, he's actually pretty good at like you know you know taking care of things. So good enough. Um, but he's like rock stars and whatever and hairdressers, and I'm like, I was waiting for him to be like and them kids and their boom boxes and hula hoops, you know, whatever. Like I was just waiting for that. Um, and they're Mikey's. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're run DMCs, you know, whatever. Anyway, so, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, so after all that's happening, um, we find like that. So, he basically he can't hold it in about how smart he is and how clever he is about, like, oh, well, I'm ready. He's pretty, he's pretty liquored up at this point, too. So well, he had three beers, big, you know, like, yeah, Jesus. His big, his big family secret, he's like, it can only be us, Sally. It's only going to be the family. It's the big family secret. You shut up about it. Don't tell anybody. And then he's like, yeah, like you said, like three or four beers in and a, and a TV dinner. And he is just like, Nick, you and I, we've known each other since high school and you work for me. I think it's time for you to know the family secret. And I'm like, uh oh, he's like, I don't know if it's <laughs> the three beers or the chicken fried steak, but I got to tell you something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is the family secret? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So, so he just basically wants to show off uh, and strut because, like, whatever, right? Like, um, so then they they go down. He, he explains all the things he has, but so one of the things he mentions. There's two big key points in the plot here. One um, that he has a radiation detector attached to like the 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 the, the mo- like not the exterior door, but the exterior door for the shelter. Right. So that will let him know like when the radiation levels fall far enough that they can go out in case of an event. And the other thing too, that's important is this big like radio situation that he has. It's supposed to be like these um, antenna that can come up from the backyard and push through debris. Uh, and then after everything goes so that he can keep in contact with other, you know, he said other survivors um, like, well, yeah, I just want to be like, we know what 4chan is calm down anyway. So, um, but yeah, like he was bragging. He put the he put his antennas up, but then they turned the TV on, and that like basically we know that there's something about to happen potentially. So he's like, I have to make a phone call. So he leaves Nick in the shelter. He runs upstairs. I got okay. So of all the things he prepared for, I know he would understand that like maybe like landlines would be like a the thing that would not work after an event, but. You think you'd just want to put one down there anyway, because for as much time you spend down there, you might want to make a phone call. I don't know. Before an event happens. Seems like that of all the things he planned for that and garbage disposal. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, that, seems, that seems like, that seems like a big flaw, right? 
Yeah. Well, the the uh, another thing that he said is that for the four people, the family, the, he had prepped enough water and food for five months. So if we're doing the math here and what the events are about to unfold, if it's only two people, that means 10 months. So he's only prepared for 10 months of a possible fallout. If there's radiation outside and he, again, at this point, hasn't prepped enough because there is no gas masks. There's no there's, there's no, no radiation suit. suit like you would think there's that, no yeah. radiation suits. Yeah. There's no protection against said minor amounts of radiation because radiation is not good at the level that the, what they're talking about. Yes, you're getting radio uh, or radiation from your microwaves and, you know, just the signals that are in the air from your phones and such. But the kind of radiation that he's he's contemplating here might be an issue. He is not prepared enough for. Yeah. So as much as Harry thinks he's a badass, he's He's kind of a dumbass too. Yeah, it's very much Death Star thinking is what's going on here, right? So yeah, um, yeah. So anyway, he runs upstairs, tries to make a phone call. Well, he doesn't make a phone call. Talk. He, he ends up uh, reaching his wife's sister. I like that she referred to him as Godzilla, which is funny because you know Godzilla exists because of an event, right? All mm-hmm. all praise Godzilla, mighty is he. Anyway, so um, everybody go watch Godzilla minus one. It's amazing. Uh, so. She hands the phone over to um, Sally and he's like, you need to you know, get back here. Things are going bad. She's like, nah, we're like two hours away. And da, 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 da. And he's like, you know, you should do this. And and then, and then basically he's like, okay, fine. Um, put the boy in a taxi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how much it costs. Yeah. Send him back. Like keep so, the other one, the weak one. <laughs> like, and he's like I, I was almost surprised. He was like, you and the non boy can stay there. You know, like just, you know, like, wow, what a dirt bag. Like, yeah. yeah. So then, so then that happens. And she's like, she's like, no, she's like, he's scared of you. And like, basically she's, she has two hours distance to be like, you know, this is how I feel. And I'm away from all of this and all your guns. I can tell you this. Right. But then, like I will, I will give this episode. I mean, this episode's not bad. Uh, there's plenty here that I think there's something worthy of talking about. Um, that bit where he looks in the wind, like his bay window or whatever, his living room, and he sees a flash, and then we see everything kind of catch on fire, and like him looking at his watch and counting. That's actually a pretty cool sequence because as much as we talk about him being kind of a dumbass, he this is like this is the stuff that he overread about. You can tell that this is the things that he knows. And whenever he rushes back down to the shelter and then like you know, the, the actual explosion comes through, like what, after like 10, 15 seconds, uh, how he's like gunning for the door to close it. Um, that's actually a pretty cool sequence. Yeah, it's it's filmed uh, fairly well. And the effect is pretty good where he's kind of blasted through the doorway yeah. of the shelter. Um, yeah, they do a pretty good bra- practical effect there. It made it look, uh, you know, believable enough. In yeah. the shaky cam and such. Yeah, and then poor, uh, you know, poor Wolfman was down there just like like waiting for what was about to happen. He's got nards, dude. He's got, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, you know, thankfully. Um, so then, uh, yeah, so whatever. So then at that point, they're down there for a bit and like, and was it Nick wants to leave? And he's like, you can't, like, we're, we're, which again, at this point, to be fair, what we know about, about Harry and his doomsday preparedness, he's right. Right. Like that's like, so as the audience, we think he's right. 
Um, so he's down there and immediately the red light comes on, all the radiation's there doing his thing. And he's, and then Nick's like, I gotta go see my family. I gotta find my parents. He's like, you can't do that. They're gone. You know, and it's like, okay, fair enough. So then he's like, we got to wait till the radiation levels fall, you know, fall down enough. And then it says six weeks later, um, that's when we get to them. This kind of, we get, was it Nick playing solitaire and like, you know, Harry's happy. He's happy as a pig and shit, you know, doing laundry, whatever, having a good time. Listen to the same, you know, Def Leppard tape over and over again. I don't know. Anyway, so, um, but then they hear these, these noises above like heavy machinery and Nick's like, oh, there's people here. Oh, yeah, I should also mention that, that his antennas were destroyed during the blast because they were exposed. So they have yeah. no contact with the outside world. I, I don't understand, like, for him to even raise the antenna, it's just like, I understand you're trying to show your buddy around and, like, basking in the awesomeness that you've, you know, you've created. But did you really need to raise the antenna? I know it, it helped with the plot line here for, him to be, for them to be isolated, but it's like, bro... <laughs> come on i know you're right it's it's fair where he's like oh i could do this i could just do it right now it's like well he can't see it happen yeah so whatever uh i get it so i, I agree with you so yeah so the radio's fr- uh, fried uh no landline we know that uh and whatever so uh so yeah six weeks later we hear the machinery we hear people above and then and then harry's like no 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 they're scavengers they're, they're like they're gonna come get us um, I just want to point out that dur- like during that sequence, there's a bit in the background we see um, board games stacked up. I don't know if you saw any of the titles of the board games. Uh, one is called Survive, which I think is funny. I th- good, on, good on the production crew to come up with a board game called Survive. Um, so then, but then as we move along from six weeks to what three months and whatever, we see bags of garbage like collecting and piling up you're telling me like what you just mentioned you planned for five months you're telling me you didn't plan for five months of garbage disposal like you idiot <laughs> like yeah it's just mounting up around him like what was the plan for any of that like are you going to somehow reuse it i mean i hate to know what the bathroom situation is like <laughs> you know <laughs> just, uh, just every 10th time flush it's fine no, i'm kidding uh no um yeah, it's just I don't know about you, man. Like, if I leave, uh, like there, like there's times where I'll be downstairs in, in, in my kitchen. Uh, sorry, in my sub sub basement kitchen, not the one I actually have up here that you don't. My secret kitchen you don't know about. Uh, if I have just even like a little bit of like you know protein in that bag for like a day or two, I'm like, huh, what happened? And I have to immediately just chuck it out of my house. I mean, into our garbage cans outside, as opposed to like on the front lawn. But like, I have to like, like I can't have that haunting me. To imagine to have like so many bags of garbage around, um, yeah, that you know what, yeah, we're alive, but at what cost? You know, that's what. It- <laughs> I mean, seriously, I yeah, food food buildup and all that other stuff. I mean, they're probably licking everything clean because it's you know it's the. I mean, you got to use every little bit at that point, but at the same point, there's still going to be bacteria <laughs> and all that that's building up and just doing its job. We all, we use all pieces of the canned beans, you know? So yeah. Um, so yeah, this whole thing again, a nice little touch to show also, maybe that was the intent to show like, he thinks he knows what he's doing, but he doesn't really know. But also like he is so like arrogant that it's not going to bother him. He's like, you know, he'd be like, you know what? Something stinks. You know what stinks even more? The hairdressers, you know, like whatever. Um, and I, I like at this point now he's like cleaned himself up. He's got a different haircut. 
and he's getting swole. <laughs> kind of, yeah, he's trying. He's yeah. lifting weights over yeah. there, and it's like, Harry's is like, dude, I am prepping like for anything at this point. Well, Nick is just like, I, I just want to be a hobo over here in the corner. Leave me alone. No, you, you get the idea that like Nick and he were friends because like, I mean, they were like, whatever. We don't know their earlier relationship, but cause they mentioned, cause earlier in the episode when Sally's like, you should take you know Nick hunting. He's like, Oh, I don't know. Maybe. And then we eventually find out. He's like, the reason I took you hunting all this time was to make you a man. It's like, you get the idea that Nick's just a sweetheart, but like, you know, he's they, whatever town they grew up in. Like he didn't get past that. You know, and and it's like, oh well, Harry will know what to do. That's the vibe you get. He's very Nick is very much a Stephen King character, right? Like from the books, like like the author. It, it's King ironic King. that you say that because I literally was just thinking about the stand in my head right now because I had just he, I just finished reading it. He's not the trash can man, but like you know, <laughs> like not far away from him. You know, was that what you were thinking of when I say that? Like he's not that. You know, he's just no, one. I'm just thinking of like a, a character that you would find in in the stand. Like you know, like there's the one scene where the, the guys have the zoo, the the zoo of women in that, and they encounter them on the road, and then like you know, shit goes down. I, I obviously I don't want to give too much about away about the stand, but there's like you know the guys that were kind of ready to like go to the road and yeah. kick some ass. Yeah, but then you got these people that are like they they were they've always been kind of just like followers and, and to go along to get along because like they like their right. friends, you know. And it's like not that not that Nick is stupid. I'm not saying he's stupid, but like you know, just he he has similar interests, but he's not the same. He's not wired the same as Harry. Let's just put it that way. So yeah, anyway, so three butts out. Radiation hasn't dropped, which is you know like again watching this a second time, it all makes sense. Right, which is actually, I'll give this episode credit. It actually pays off a little better the second time through once you know what's actually going on. Um, and then, and then Nick's like, "Why is it so cold?" Right, and then like they're talking for a minute, and that's when he's getting. That's whenever uh, Harry's getting swole, you know, like whatever, like you know, like you know how to keep hot, get you know, get these guns, right? So then, ten months and the levels still haven't dropped, and you can just tell that like Nick's kind of at the end. And, um, and there, and then Harry's like, well, you know, we got to survive for what's coming. And then, and then like, Nick's like, what's the point of surviving in a dead world? You know, like credit enough, like credit to credit to Nick for coming up with that. And that's when we get like, you know, Harry kind of bullying him again and, you know, basically saying you're too afraid to die. And we get Harry going over to like the medicine cabinet. I don't know if he's going to try to like do the bullshit of like, we'll take these pills and leave now, but I don't know. Nick just leaves and closes the door behind him. And then we get a bit later um, where there's a banging at the door and Harry hears him. And then, you know, he's like, let me, let me in. And then like, you know, Nick is coughing. He's like, he's like, it's cold. It's perpetual darkness, garbage everywhere. I'm like, well, you know, you were also just left garbage everywhere. So that's, that's, you know, that cancels each other out. And he's like, the air smells like burnt plastic. And then he's like, let me in. And Harry's like, no, if I let you in, you'll kill us both. So he sits there he walks away from the door, sits at the, like whatever the desk and just listens to his friend beg to be let in and banging at the door as the red light keeps burning red. Pretty chilling sequence. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't really blame Harry at that point, but it's, it, it is a really, I mean, it's a sad state of affairs because it's like, he knows that they're both doomed either way, you know, like if, if he lets him in. So it's like, 
you kind of need to make your, you know, the decision if it's him or yourself. All he was trying to do was try to get some intel about what was outside because he thinks he's still smart enough to outlive this, right? So then, so then um, I mistook. So the second time through watching this, uh, we see him do like the Rambo montage, right? Which would, would, that brings up to the point about like, do we know his military service? That would have been funny to find out early in the episode that he was didn't even do any of that, right? Like, you know. But he has an, a massive collection of VHSs of war films. Yeah. <laughs> but he has like the beret he puts on and whatever. It's like, you know, he's just watching, um, you know, um, what was it? Missing in action over and over again or whatever. Anyway. Um, so, uh, so the, he gets all dressed up and he, he gets like geared up and he just sits there and is waiting. And that's, so the first time I watched this, I, I thought when we do this big, like it's, it's a tracking shot. It, it moved, not tracking. Well, whatever it is a tracking shot that goes from him through the exterior of what's outside and it goes for a while. And we'll talk more about that in a moment. I thought he went out and that he was just facing it. I realized the second time through he does not, but he is so convinced that something's coming that he is so right that he's going to be ready. And that's where we leave him. And then we get this tracking shot that goes through the shelter, the door of the shelter to the outside where we see all the skeletons, everything else. Like it is, it's a very harrowing look. And what happened and it goes, it goes for quite a while, which I was surprised by. And then it just kind of goes through another like transition and we're like in like the happiest park ever. Right. Like it is like everyone's just outside having a good time, like play on swing sets and people are playing and they're like, there's puppies and kittens and everything. Yeah. Uh, it seems yeah. very dream, dream sequence here. Yes. Or like, you know, like uh, when we see, uh, uh, Wizard of Oz, like the 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 dark, you know, black. That's a good and call white. from from black and gray to vibrant color. That's a very good call. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, like, it is. It's very like serene and beautiful, and it's like, and then you're like, huh? Wait, what? And that's when we find out what really transpired here. Yeah, which was there was a a weapon misfire that had a um like uh I. Just, so this is going to be me being like my Southern podunk person. I can never say the word nuclear correctly. I have to always pause because it's like, that's nuclear. one of the nuclear as opposed to nuclear. Like, like, you know, like one of our presidents used to say there, there was um, a payload on a jet that um, triggered incorrectly near the air base and caused this big explosion that wiped out the town nearby the air base that Harry mentioned previously were so close that it was a target. And so, but what happened in the meantime is that, um, everyone's like, oh shit, this happened. And so they made it a point to kind of just like plow all of the radioactive fallout and material into like this one area and then build what they called the peace dome <laughs> on top of it. And the reason I'm laughing, I'm like, I don't know if I call it the peace dome. I'd call it the, oh shit, we messed up dome, but whatever. So, uh, and this was like, was a year later, right? Not even, it was months later after this incident. And because since he didn't have radio communication, he didn't know that's what happened. So the her, the noise he heard was the military coming in to bulldoze everything to make it a very compact area um, because nobody else lived. And then the cold that Nick was talking about is because there's a goddamn dome over them and the heat's dropping, right? So like, and also that's why the radiation is not going down because it's contained. So credit to the script. It pays all that off, right? So we have a reporter. Sorry, you were going to say something? No, I was. I, I 
I, I didn't know if you were going to end at that. I was hoping you were going to keep on going. I, I, I can. You know me. So, so we have a reporter talking about like, because of this thing, this actually de-escalated tensions around the world and everyone, that's why we call it the peace dome and blah, 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 blah. And then we get the shot that this is the part that's like, I'm like, Oh shit, this is this, like, it's already a dark se- sequence, but then we get uh, Sally with, with, um, you know, um, son and not son outside, um, the dome. <laughs> um, and then, then we get, um, you know, is that where daddy's buried? The son asks. And then she's like, yes, that is where daddy is buried. And she smiles. <laughs> and that's, yeah, and then like, we, get, we get the shot of, of her and her family from behind their backs, looking at the dome. By the way, I should mention the, the, um, this like how the, like the effect of the painted scenery of the dome and them looking is complete garbage. But I get like, I, we, if I was nitpicking the, the, um, the visuals in the series, this would be a five hour long episode every time, but it is um, her smiling, thankful that. And then the thing is like, they don't know that he's still alive waiting. And I also think that if she did know, she'd probably start laughing, you know, she'd, maniacally. She'd be like, <laughs> Oh, this is the first time I've actually climaxed in my life as a woman, you know, because I found out <laughs> that my husband is stuck in this dome. Oh God. Because uh, yeah. he's in the world he wants to be in. And she's in the world of where she wants to be, right? And it's like, goddamn! It's like, I, you know, I was kind of like wobbly on this this episode the first time through, and it's like I come through and I'm like, is this going to be my top five? I mean, probably not, but it is. It is something. I dug it. The the question I have for Sally is, do you think that she actually believes that Harry is still alive, or do you think that, you know, like whatever whatever he did. It, it didn't matter. He's dead in there. Like, no, like, there's I believe no that. Way I believe that. that he, like, I believe that she, it, it, like, she probably thought, like, because especially when he was like, get over here, get in the shelter, send the sun, right? That she's like, he's going to run downstairs and, and like, and either it's going to hold or not. And if it does hold, he's not getting out, you know? So I think she knows that either way, um, Either, you know, like, I think she's happy either way because like, cause all, cause ultimately if he actually would have come out, like whenever the, the crew were there and saw what happened, then she would have the moment of like, you idiot. Like, yeah, you, you and Nick survived, which is good, but this isn't, this isn't the thing you think it is, especially when we find out that the political climate has calmed down, that he might have to be forced to make some decisions, which knowing our character, he would have doubled down and made two bunkers, right? Yeah. Like, and none of them would have had trash removal or anything or a radiation suit. Um, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, like at that point there, like, I don't know. I, I the, the radiation's out there. I just think that he is such a fool for not thinking one step ahead, like start taking those garbage bags and start making a suit out of it or something. Like, <laughs> like you, you, you saw Cloverfield lane, right? Yes. It's like that's, you know what? Thank you. That's actually a pretty good call. That's, you know what? That's the better version of this. Yeah, I mean, yes. <laughs> Ten, Ten Cloverfield Lane is the better version of this. John Goodman is a force in that movie. I mean, it turns yeah. out he was right. Um, spoilers, but not the way he thought he was. Let's put it that way. And like, and then like the supplement uh, Nick char- character is there too. So it's like of yeah. his neighbor. You know, it's like I. You know, it is. A, it's a. I. I think if anybody has ever seen Ten Cloverfield Lane then they would understand this story a little bit more. And I, I did like that film too. So oh, yeah, I, did too. I think it's, I think it's a great movie. I think, I mean, like, for what it is. Yeah. 
the idea is like very simplified in that it's like it, it's we have this we got to use it the world outside is scary and a wasteland and it's and we can't be there so it's yeah. like so. And also, John Goodman's character somehow figured out trash disposal. I don't think that was ever a plot point in the movie. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's that movie. Thank you. I don't. Why did I blank on that until right now? That's a really good call. Thank you for bringing that up. So, yeah, uh, no, this was especially speaking to the like we're still in the middle of like the big uh, Russia USA like back and forth and the fear of like you know like you know just atomic warfare. I'm saying atomic because I don't want to sound like an idiot and say the other word and be like, you know, like W. Uh, but I want to point out too, that this episode aired um, here. I'm going to back up uh, whatever it was like, like it was in 87, right? Um, the Chernobyl disaster started in April 86. Uh, so yeah. meaning, and, and we, as the world knew something happened because of the way you could see, you know, like just, it was, it was un, like, you, it was, you, you couldn't not notice it as a explosion, right? Cause I remember like as a kid, I was what eight. I remember seeing the news footage of like people talk. I, I didn't have context, but I remembered it. Right. Um, I'm going to guess still at this point, like what, like six, eight months out that the world at large still had no idea how significant and terrible it was. And, and, and still how ongoing the efforts were to try to contain it. Uh, because the Russian government made it a point to, or whatever, USSR made it a point to try to downplay it and ignore it, or not ignore it, but like make it not known to the public, right? Um, and then to only know that like they also put a, a, a dome, they don't call it the Peace Dome, over the site, um, and only recently got completely finished. And that took wow. years That's to do insane. it. Um, and I would recommend... If people have not seen that miniseries on HBO, um, I mean, it is harrowing, and I, they they did they took some liberties, kind of like with any type of adaptation of, of real events or a book or whatever, where they kind of condensed like some characters and like a couple characters into one like a cipher character. You know what I mean? Like, but um, Terry, I know that sometimes like I, I know you and I like our media to have like we want to escape, right? Um, but Chernobyl is one of the scariest things I've ever seen as a series. And it's also just so heartbreaking because the people, a lot of people did not know that even when they're there, they're already dead. You know what I mean? Like yep. it's just, it is horrific. Um, well, it's, so, yeah. it's frightening and it should be, uh, something that has an imprint on every single person. Every, every person should know that radiation is scary shit. And like, you know, even when you go to the hospital and that you'd have to deal with radiation and that. So, um, when I, I, so I work at a place where I will deal with trucks and loading trucks and that I will actually see radioactive material on those trucks sometimes. And it's just like, you just think to yourself, there's, there are things here right now that just being close to it may have some kind of long, you know, you know, span of like problems that i can deal with you know it's like you just everybody should know that radiation is crazy shit and i we should have known that way way long ago and yeah you know. well i mean it, it, it it's a tool like anything else 
And if it's mishandled, Correct, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, 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 so the biggest, um, the the newest confinement that was like over the the um, actual site, right, was completed in, in 2017, which wow. that's not that far ago, right? So, like all things considered, and now with um, the current uh, with Russia attacking the Ukraine, um, like <laughs> there were stories of like um, the Russia sitting in soldiers nearby that site and digging in like trenches and they were um, inadvertently digging up uh, radioactive dirt. And it's like, so, you know, um, that sucks. I'll just put it that way. Um, Yeah. So yeah. Anyway, just, you know, they they don't refer to that site as a peace dome. I'll just put it that way. Um, But yeah, I just, people check out um, Chernobyl. Like it's, I don't know about you. Like I can never make my wife watch something like that because she doesn't want to be sad the entire time. But I think, it's important to be sad because then you have to be witness to learn, to learn and be aware, you know? And, um, and we love, we love our fun things. Don't get me wrong. Like the thing, the happy go lucky film that we all love, um, you know, whatever. But, um, yeah, this, this knowing that this aired like months after that disaster is like, that's crazy to me. Cause they, cause it was shot and it was written and shot before I'm sure this happened. Um, and then knowing the outcome of like, that was just a simple, like not simple. It was dealing with like a military base explosion as opposed to like, you know, a reactor. So like, I don't know I, if I'm making, if I'm not making sense, what I'm saying is like, they, they assessed the reality of it where it's like, you kind of have to just cover this up and just cross your fingers and hope for the best. And, and somehow that's supposed to make us better, like more aware. I don't know if we ever really learned anything. Uh, probably not, but hey, probably you know, not. it's not, it's not for a lack of trying to, to, you know, get the information out there. I mean, uh, within the twilight zone multiple times, uh, you know, nuclear fallout has been talked about and the, the you know, the, the well, things even, that lead up well, to even it. One of the first episodes of the original series, time enough at last. Well, right. Like, yeah. That or, was, or, yeah in the eighties version that we've covered, was it a little peace and quiet? Yes. Um, and then we're going to get to an episode here in two weeks, um, called voices of the earth that has a similar tone that is whatever. We'll get to it when we get to it. Um, it, it just, yeah, it's, it's one of those things that's always in the, like just two seconds behind, uh, or in the back of the minds And we, we're talking about like a Carol for another Christmas, which was covered a few weeks ago with, um, the, the main character revisiting, the tragedy it was at um the uh, Nagasaki or Hiroshima, right? Like it just we can't unring this bell now, and I think it's important that we should pay attention to that. And I, but also like I, th- I think it's also important to say like yes, um this could happen, and we have seen it happen at you know one like and it has happened, but that also I, I don't know man, do you want to live in fear? Like meaning like let's be let's be aware and and be, you know, prepared for, you know, but not just assume the worst because like, yeah, it's okay to be ready for the worst, but like, you can't just go around and be, I don't know, man. Like if I was just like expecting the sky to fall every day, what's the point, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think to live in fear is quite the, you know, the response that you should have to this stuff, but to be educated and have, you know, that knowledge be a tool for you. That's, that's important, you know, like we all should know that, you know, war sucks and, uh, you know, doomsday preppers aren't always going to have it right. So, you know, it's, it's like, there's only so much you can do to get it right in between. 
Uh, well, I mean, the powers that be that are doing the things, I, I don't know. I feel like no matter how, like Lori Strode, like, uh, you know, um, <laughs> Michael Meyer in her house proof for like, what, what, 20, 25 years, 30 years for was it the newest Halloween series. He still showed up, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he still did pretty good. Yeah, or, she Kevin McAllister to as best. She tried. She, could. she tried. Yeah. She even had a sub basement, and he got out of it. So what I'm saying is, everybody, Michael Myers has come to get you. Is what I'm saying. No, I'm kidding. So um, <laughs> be prepared. I, Don't our, be a babysitter. Our, 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 our friend Steve would have appreciated that reference. So let's put it that way. Let's just get any other any other notes about this. Anything else before we get to that twist? No, I think we've pretty much covered everything. Then all right, let's get that twist. Twist rating is always, or psi rating, I'm kidding. This one deserves a twist rating. One through five, one meaning saw from a mile away, and five meaning mind-blowing. Um, the fact that, it's like, it, it actually happened, but not with, like, the peace dome, I'm going to give that a four. I did not see that ending coming. Uh, I, I, I think I'm going to go with the, the four as well. Uh, the one thing that did throw me off, and I wish they would have picked a different, uh, a different way to go, the name of this sucked. The name of this uh, segment was awful. I thought it really did have something to do with Helter Skelter. No, because you hate the Beatles. I understand that you don't like the Beatles, so that's I get it. You're talking about Manson, but I'm talking about the Beatles. I think that your I, secret I know. dislike it's, of the Beatles. It's also a slide. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was a slide that the, you know one yeah. of the members of the Beatles played on when they were a kid. I understand, so. and then you know, but like, yeah, I don't know, like. I don't know what else you would name this episode other than, you know, um, you, I mean, there could, could you could just call it, if you would actually call it the shelter, which is actually an episode, I think it's from season three of the original series. You know what? Yeah. I, why am I not thinking of this right now? Where, um, where there was a party at a house and then they heard about potential like missile strikes. So the, the, the person that had the house had a bunker, right. Or at whatever, um, a shelter. And then he's like, all right, party's over. Everybody get out of here. And as they're waiting in their shelter, uh, people kept knocking on the door asking to come in. And, his, and the main character and his wife were back and forth, back and forth. And it basically it kind of did like this um, this breakdown of humanity where it was like very much like the monsters of Joe Maple Street. The shelter yeah. was written by Serling. That, you know what? Why did I not think of that episode? That So the shelter and 10 Cloverfield Lane, watch them. Because the shelter actually did a pretty good job of um, addressing this like oh, we're all friends until, nope, get out of here type of thing. Yeah, and you have uh, two vastly different uh, looks at what those shelters could be used for and how they're being used, I yeah, guess. Yeah, neither, neither one was going to be really good. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right, um, that's going to do it for our discussion about uh, Shelter Skelter. Um, you, you all can find us on uh, Facebook. I've been posting uh, images of Keith. We don't like Keith uh, from Private Channel. Um <laughs> I know I've not been good at like posting daily things, but I'm like, I got to post uh, images of Keith because nobody likes Keith there. Uh, you can email us directly at strangehighwayspodcast.gmail.com. Wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us would be greatly appreciated. We enjoyed this conversation. Terry, I value you. You're a brother and a friend. Um, you owe me money for some olives that you took from me on Saturday. Uh, well, yeah, um, what was it? $73? Yeah, that was the full, that was the full bill. So you owe me $73 for olives that you liked that I did not want. So the fact that I didn't want them doesn't mean you don't owe them for me. So anyway, so no, but wherever you, anyway, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. Um, if you want to give me one star for making Terry pay for olives, that's fine. I respect that. Um, but yeah, the, the more, the merrier, the more people involved in the conversation, uh, we enjoy it. 
And Terry, where can people find us otherwise? Uh, we're still on Instagram, folks. Uh, we may, it may not look like we're alive. Um, just poke us with a stick. We'll we'll do something. Uh, it, it's just uh, yeah, it, it's it's been a hell of a ride. It's been but, um, it's been a, it's been a rough couple of weeks, and I just yeah. being completely honest, it's been rough. So anyway. yeah, so it is. Uh, yeah, it's still something that we uh, we plan on using. Mm-hmm. We still plan on uh, communicating uh, with people through that. Um, you know, just reach out in any one of those little formats that uh paul was talking about and give us give us a heads up because yeah. uh, we're uh, soon enough we're going to be covering some uh some oddball stuff that is not twilight zone that's and, true uh, we'd like to hear some of your input i, I just I, whenever i say it's been a rough couple weeks i don't i just mean the losing of our friend i'm talking about private channels what i'm saying so that's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that had to stew for two yeah. weeks until we yeah. had to talk about something else. So that's, yeah, thanks. right. I'm just like, I'm like, thanks, Steve. No, I'm kidding. So, <laughs> oh, I, I laugh because it hurts, and I also you'd find it funny. Anyway, so let's get into what we're talking about next. And now, Mr. Surly. Oh, all right, Terry. So I, I talked to you two weeks ago about pulling some ripcords and things. Um, I'm not saying that this is going to be the one. I'm just saying that we have like four more episodes to go in this season. Um, you're going to have to make some decisions. I'm just saying. So the next <laughs> the next episode is called Time and Teresa Golowitz. Um, yeah, I'm not going to tell you anything about it. I, um, I Knowing you for as long as I have. Um, good luck. That's what I say. So, all right. Um, that's it. I, I know you're frustrated that sometimes I've already seen something, but like, I don't know. I just don't have anything else to do. I might as well watch Twilight Zone and take notes. So good luck with this yeah, one, Terry. Yeah. I'll do. I'll. Yeah. I, I, you really, you're really scaring me now. <laughs> so. I'm waiting for you to text me. You son of a bitch. I'm waiting for you to text me this when you watch it. Um, I pretty much did the one time, but how often do I really do that? I, <laughs> But the problem I, is, the problem is, um, uh, I, here, okay. I'm, I'm here. I'm going to be, I'm going to be front loading this. This is the last decent segment of the next four. We're going to cover. I'll just put it that way. So, oh. so we're, we're going to end this. Like, um, we're going to go, uh, one out of five, like the last couple segments of like, you know, oh yeah, good. Not good. Uh, so we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, um, strike out swinging in the ninth here with yeah, the season. Well, so whatever it is, we're going to drag it over the, the finish line <laughs> together. So, all right, everybody, that's going to do it for this week. Everybody have a good week. Have a safe week. Uh, make sure you reach out to those people that you care about, make new friends, make new connections. Don't go into your sub sub basement, you know, like don't hunker down, go out, just enjoy your friends and make new relationships. And also if you do hunker down, Find some place to put your goddamn trash. You know, like of all the things, just, just throw out your trash. And if you have more than one kid, love both of them or all of them. Harry, Jason has to change. We're leaving. Just five more minutes and bring down a cold beer, will you? Harry, you've had two already. I can count, Sally. Just bring down the beer.